been a rough week. Actually, it's been a rough few weeks and podcast has taken a toll for it, but hopefully I'm back right now because it's in the middle of the week and I am recording. I'm not sure if this episode's going to go up this week. I hope it does. I'm just going to keep rambling for a little bit, but you know, life hits, the D word hits, winter hits, the groundhog I love movies, and you should too. Tonight, a podcast about a science project, obviously. A podcast about a GTO, a podcast about high school, about high school love, high school friends, and being caught in the weirdest time loop and interdimensional space warp, maybe ever. And something that could have inspired the MCU, maybe? Tonight, we're talking about my science project. In 1955, an extraordinary object landed on Earth. Has the uh, press gotten wind of this ship? We don't think so, sir. If this got out, it could change the course of civilization. Briefly. Well, they pulled the engine out. Get rid of it. In 1985, seniors at Kit Carson High... Hey, school text, jellyfish. Come on, come on, come on. ...were working on their science projects when Mike Harmon discovered the engine. Oh, let this thing run, son. Unlet it. He fixed it. Yeah. Unless your project is Dino Supreme, you both get D's. Hey, I'll take it. And he called it My Science Project. <laughs> but he didn't turn it in. <laughs> he turned it loose. This is a film for this show. This is a film on why I made this show, this show. This is one of my favorite movies. It's a gem, I think. It's an 80s gem, of course, because you know me. 80s gems, that's my ticket. It came out on August 9th of 1985. It only grossed $4.1 million. It's underrated. It's very hard to find until now, till recently, because I believe it's Kino Lorber. I'll have to research it, but I could be wrong. I'll put it in the notes if I am wrong. But I believe Kino Lorber put out a Blu-ray of this, and I'm very happy because I've been holding on to my DVD for God knows how long. It's been forever since I've owned that DVD. It was a white DVD. 
case. I didn't switch it white. It actually came white. That's how old I've had the DVD copy of this film for. And I'm so happy that it's now on Blu-ray and it looks good for an 80s movie. They did a really good restoration with this film. And I'm very happy about it because I want more people to see this movie. I think this movie is a lot of fun. Yes, it's an 80s movie, so it is problematic. We are acknowledging that at the beginning. If I talk about an 80s movie, more than likely it's going to be problematic in some way. Because it was the 80s. And you know, cocaina in the 80s. But yes, we're acknowledging that. I'm saying here on the show, as long as you acknowledge the problematic issues of these films and you learn from them and you teach other people to learn from them you can still like these movies the problem is if the film is problematic and you just ignore it you're part of the problem don't be part of the problem be a part of the solution and i'll get off my soapbox now let's talk about this damn movie starring john stockwell now you might know him if you know 80s movies he was in losing it with tom cruise he's in eddie and the cruisers His big two movies were Top Gun. So he's the guy that has PTSD so Maverick can fly in Top Gun. And then he's the best friend from Christine. So Christine might be the biggest one. I mean, out of moneymakers, Top Gun's probably it. But cult-wise, everybody knows him from Christine because he's the best friend. And he was also in the Friday the 13th series, which I still need to, like, track down and watch all of those. He had a good 80s career somewhat for acting and then he turned into director john stockwell and he directed blue crush yeah the one with kate bosworth and michelle rodriguez into the blue what a double feature the director (laughs) the one with jessica alba and paul walker rest in peace teristas and a few episodes of the l word he's done various things in various genres also like his acting career which i think was pretty cool daniel von zurich you know her from La Bamba, and she's in a Steve Buscemi movie called Living in Oblivion. Indie fans will know that one. Fisher Steven shows up in this movie. Yes, the villain from Hackers, Super Mario Brothers. He was in The Burning, which could be a film I might cover for the show. We shall see. But most people know him from his stint on Friends. He was in an early episode of Friends. He was Phoebe's boyfriend. He's the therapist. He's been on every single iteration of Law and Order. He was on Lost. And what I mostly know him from, other than Hackers, is he is the writer who gets taken hostage in It's Always Sunny. And he is the horrible, horrible sidekick to the goot in the Short Circuit movies. He's probably still making up for that because of the xenophobia with his character. And the racism with his character. Ooh, I can't stand those movies. What were they thinking? Oh, I know, the 80s. Still, what were they fucking thinking with those movies? Also in this movie is Raphael Barge. He's been in Vision Quest with Matthew Modine and Risky Business with Tom Cruise. Two people have already been in movies with Tom Cruise. Like, Tom Cruise got all, got all over in the 80s. Jesus. Uh, Richard Mazur, you know from The Thing... Risky business, another risky. So we got two risky, two people who were in risky business are in this. He's the dad in, or it's not the dad. He's the uncle in My Girl. He's in the it, the original It miniseries with Tim Curry, and he was also in Multiplicity, Multiplicity with Keaton. And he's been on a Law and Order, so there's that connection too. And last but not least, mostly why I love this movie, other than it's just a fun movie. It has the man, the myth, the legend. 
Dennis Hopper. Hook it up, Vinny. Oh, no, I'm not gonna hook it up. You hook it up. You hook it up. I hooked it up last time. No, no, I'm not going near this thing. You hook it up. Vinny. Wait, wait, wait. I'll hook it up. Okay, Bob. I don't know, it goes on these things right there. alien civilization that created this i mean this is uh this is bigger than all of us i mean it's uh, this is uh and this is bigger bigger than any of us this is bigger than the planet it's uh, it's even bigger than the solar system wait a second bob is this like when you told us we could smoke banana peels <laughs> oh ye of little faith what is it, Bob? What is it? I'll tell you what it is. It's a time-space warp that's created by this gizmo. Yes, Dennis Hopper plays the far-out science teacher. And when I say far-out, I mean it's an 80s movie, but he's stuck in, like, the late 60s, early 70s. So he's in easy writer mode for this character, even though the movies around it, when he was in, wasn't doing Easy Rider type things, but that's how he is. And there's a connection to Easy Rider in this movie, which I will get to later. I'll tell you about the movie because you probably haven't seen it. Spoiler alert! The film is about John Stockwell's character and his best friend, Fisher Stevens, and they're trying to just get through school. John Stockwell's character is a mechanic, and he has to pass his science exam in order to graduate. Of course, it's always one class you got to pass to graduate. He's not the coolest guy in school but he's the mechanic dude he loves cars he knows cars his girlfriend just broke up with him she's kind of pretty and popular danielle von zurich's character is the nerd and she has a crush on him she wants to date him so she sets up a way that they could go on a date fisher stevens is his best friend and he's annoying i would say he's from new york but he lives in California. Richard Mazur plays the deputy who's looking into all the incidents that happen. So basically, the film goes as John Stockwell's character and Daniel Von Zurich's character go to an abandoned military outpost, and he looks for something that he can pawn off as his science project. He ends up with a time-space warp, and it screws up time and sends the high school back and forward in time. And they basically have to save Daniel Von Zerdek's character. And Dennis Hopper's character also gets stuck in the time loop and gets sent back in time. So yeah, I don't know how to explain this movie. You could say teen drama. Actually, it really starts off in the opening because there is sci-fi in the opening. So it starts off as a like, military sci-fi movie. Then it turns into a teen drama. Then it turns into a, like a sci-fi 80s movie. Finally, it turned into a sci-fi 80s action adventure at the end because there are gunfights, there are fist fights, there are monsters, there are dinosaurs. Like this movie gets bananas by the end of it. And you're just like, if you've only seen it for the first time, you're probably just like, what the fuck did I just watch? How the fuck did they come up with this? 80s. 
That's how they came up with it. That's all I know. But this movie is so much fun and so fantastic. One, they make the nerdy girl actually pretty and they don't tell her to like take her glasses off and do her hair a la she's all that to make her pretty. She's kind of already pretty when she's a nerd. And I'm glad they don't have like push that horrible trope on the film. But they do put the horrible trope that the nerdy girl has a nerdy best friend who has a crush on her and he sabotages everything. And he kind of causes her to get become the damsel in the stress. He causes the time space loop at the end for the last the finale act. So a lot of things are his fault, but he kind of gets his comeuppance because he gets injured. He gets pretty fucked up by the end of this movie. I think he gets stabbed. He doesn't get shot. He might get tossed by the dinosaur, but he definitely gets fucked up. His physical pain is almost worth it for what he causes in the film. What was that noise? Look, look, look. Yeah, you're disconnected. Yeah, you disconnected. I'll watch. What's it doing? Vince? Weird. We're hallucinating, right? No auto limits I ever seen at this stuff. What do we do? We're disconnected. Come on. You disconnected. Come on. I'll watch. Go ahead, I'll, I'll stand guard. TV show in which the Egyptian vase just happens to give it a rest. Yeah, sure, I'm cool. I'm, I'm cool. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be all okay, for okay. Come on, yeah, yeah. work on the car. I'm gonna work on the car. Yeah. Hey, you think we should tell somebody? No, not until we figure the schizmo out. Come on, we're gonna be late for the science final. Grab that thing. Ugh. Just grab it, Vince. Come on. Hey, put that on there. That's good. That's good. Weird. Wait a second. It's gotta be wrong. Oh, yeah? So how come everybody's leaving like school's over? I don't know. Stay tuned. We went two hours into the future. What? Yeah, it's just a fun 80s movie. And Stockwell made this between Christine and Top Gun. So he was on a roll. Like, he... He got into a Carpenter movie with Christine, so he kind of stayed in the, like, this is not really a horror movie. So he went from horror adaptation to sci-fi that bombed, and then he went to a huge big-budget action movie with Tony Scott. So the dude went from working with really good directors to becoming a director, which is pretty cool. Dennis Hopper was in, as I said, was in Easy Rider mode. When he gets taken away, he loses his hippie peace medallion. He made this the year before Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And he goes to an anti-war rally in the film. And he's wearing almost the exact 
outfit he wore in Easy Rider. It's almost the same costume. I couldn't find in any notes that it's the exact same costume, but it's super similar. And though another reason why this movie, you probably don't hear about this movie much, and it failed because it has something in common with The Thing, where The Thing came out around the same time E.T. came out, and people didn't want to see an amazing masterpiece of horror sci-fi cinema after watching E.T. Of course, it bombed. This movie came out in between, well, not in between. The movie came out the same year as Back to the Future, Real Genius, and Weird Science. So people were probably on sci-fi teen overload because Back to the Future, super mega epic hit, one of my favorite movies of all time. Real Genius, huge cult hit, big for Val Kilmer, loved that movie to death. And then Weird Science is a John John Hughes classic. It probably doesn't get talked about as much as his other ones, but it should because it's really fucking good. So that's partly the reason why it didn't do so well in the theaters. But think about that year. I was alive that year, but I wasn't alive alive where I could see all those movies. But if I could go back, that would definitely be a year I'd want to go back to just for the movies. So I could go and sit in the movie theater with all those sci-fi films. It's pretty fucking awesome. What's another funny thing I found is John Stockwell's and Christine. In this film, when John Stockwell's character is fixing his car, Fisher Stevens says to him, you know, I've seen this movie where this haunted car flames out a guy, and he's talking about Christine. So Christine, as a film, is canon in this universe for My Science Project and stars John Stockwell. I know. I don't know what to say about that. I thought that was really funny and interesting. And this was one of the first films greenlit by Disney's Touchstone division, where Ron Miller was still the head of the company, but released after Michael Eisner took his place. Oh, Michael Eisner. Let's not bring his name up again. Oh, God. But yeah, this film is just so fun. It's got good character dynamics. Like, you feel like... John Stockwell and Fisher Stevens' character are best friends, and they've been best friends for a while because they're they're really goofy together. I like that the romance between the car dude and the nerd isn't really forced. It kind of inches its way there. You know it's going to happen, but there are a lot of things put in place before they're actually, like, they get together. And I like that. You shouldn't have to force the romance on the film, even if the film needs it or doesn't need it, just have it act natural, and it does come through very natural. I like that. It's a positive aspect for a movie made in 85, a sci-fi movie in 85. And you go into this movie not knowing what the hell you're going to get, because you really think this could be just... At the beginning, you're just thinking to yourself, okay, military guys, sci-fi, UFO, where could this be going? And then they flash forward to 85, and you're watching a bunch of teens tool around in high school, and you're like, Okay, but what happened to the sci-fi part? And then the sci-fi part slowly creeps up. It's not a slow burn, but it's slower. The movie's not that long anyway. I believe it's like an hour and 30 minutes, maybe a bit longer. It's It it flies by. You don't realize that they're used, they use basically all their budget for the finale sequence because the finale sequence is just... When I say cuckoo bananas, it is cuckoo bananas. It happens in the high school... You get so many different eras of time represented in this film that you're just like, that's where the budget went. That's what that's what got the movie greenlit is because of the finale. 
there's no questions asked. When they pitched this movie, they probably pitched it with the finale already out there. And the studio is just like, yeah, let's do that. We can do that. And we'll fill we'll fill gaps in with the we'll hit the other areas right now. I mean, team movies are big, so we'll get there. And weird sci-fi movies are really big because we get there. Because before that, we had, you know, E.T. and the thing, Close Encounters. We'll get that. We'll get it all. You have the right to remain silent. You give up the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be held against you in a court of law. Okay, McCloud. You have the right to an attorney. Hi, Mom. Oh, you little cockroach. Hey, what's the matter? I got boogers? Huh? Hey, kid. Why do you wear sunglasses at night? Because when you're cool, the sun shines on you 24 hours a day. Oh, yeah? And it's not like they're doing an alien movie. I mean, aliens may show up. I can't remember exactly, but I know they travel. This is more about time travel sci-fi than alien sci-fi. And when I say the film is problematic, I believe I say it's problematic because of the fact of the language. Fisher Stevens character is he racist and he's sexist, a bit homophobic, too. Actually, more than a bit homophobic. He homophobic. There is a guy from Roman times and, you know, swords and sandals time. And he drops the F-bomb. And I'm like, why did you need that? Why did you? I don't give a shit if it's the 80s. You don't need that. Come on, man. You could describe him differently than just dropping that just because he's, you know, in swords and sandals outfit writers. Think better. Think harder. You don't have to do that because you want the entire film without, you know, being really homophobic. And then there's that one line. And I'm just like, I knew it was coming. I just couldn't remember when it was coming. I was watching the entire movie. I'm like, when is it coming? I'm like, oh, wait, I know when it's coming. And there it was. I'm just like. That's a blemish that did not need to be said at all. Did not need to be in the film. Could have completely cut that out. Could have had him said anything else. I just don't get it. It blows my mind. But outside of that, I mean, this is a fun fucking movie. It's a gem. It's a film that if you actually watch, you can say, I've seen that. And probably not many other people have seen that. And then you can introduce it to more people because I'm trying to introduce it to you. And then you can be cool on the, you know movie nerd list. I got this really obscure 80s sci-fi movie that came out in the same year as a bunch of big 80s sci-fi movies. And it's really fun. It stars Dennis Hopper. And it's right before he did Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Hot take. Not really. TMC 2 is my favorite Texas Chainsaw movie. I think it's the movie that Toby Hooper wanted to make, but he needed to make the first one because the first one is a classic and it's a fantastic film. But if you see, if you read over his filmography, TMC2 was, I think, the movie that he really wanted to make with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But that's another talk. So like I said, this movie's awesome. And if you really want to get down with it, there is a beautiful restoration on Blu-ray right now. I haven't seen it streaming. I'm not sure if that new Blu-ray made it available for streaming. I'll have to look. I try not to rent things from Amazon because I know where that money goes. So check your voodoo. And any other streaming service you can, you know, rent films from. See if it's there. If it's not streaming, I highly recommend just going out and get the Blu-ray. You're not going to be disappointed with this fun movie. We're a podcast, and we have social medias. You know me. I'm Johnny Freak everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd. I also have a Discord, but that's kind of mutual only. 
You can find the show. Just look up I Love Movies. You should too on Instagram, Twitter. We are on Anchor. That is our home. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we have a Facebook, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we are on Bookface. Find us. Not as many posts as Twitter or Instagram. Episode postings go there. Random postings go there when I can remember to post there. I'll try better. I'll try harder. But I'm Evan. I love movies. You should too. See you next episode.